Hey guys, brothers and sisters and friends and seekers and anyone that happens to be listening today. And of course you know it's not by accident. There are no coincidences in, with God. So if you're listening, maybe just a coincidence for you, but it's by design, by Almighty God. Have you ever noticed a lot of people today get offended very easily? That's a word we hear a lot. Wouldn't you agree? Why is the world offended so much and so often? And more specifically, why is the world offended at the truth? Is there something wrong with the truth? Is the truth bad? Well, in the middle of the events that led up to the horrible, horrible crucifixion, Lord Jesus is brought before the high priest. In the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 19 through 23, relay this. It says, The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. And Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I've, kid, I've, I've said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. Then they know what I said, and then you will know. And when he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, and he said, Is this how you answer the high priest? And Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. In other words, testify, tell me what I did wrong. But if what I said is right, or you could say what I said is true, why do you strike me? In other words, if what I said is true, why does this offend you to the point that you'd feel like you need to slap me or punch me? Brothers and sisters and friends, the Lord showed me, and he explained to me on his own, uh, without any seeking or asking from me, that the reason people get offended at the truth, at what is right, as Jesus said before, what's wrong with truth, is that they're sinful. The truth convicts them. It makes them feel guilty. It exposes their hearts to them. They love the darkness, as Jesus told us in John chapter 3, rather than the light, and they refuse to come to the light. And so offense is the, the outward manifestation or the expression, or you might say the fruit, of their guilt, their refusal to acknowledge it or ask forgiveness for it and their rebellion towards God Almighty, His sovereignty, and His authority. It's kind of like how when we're frustrated, we get angry sometimes. And anger in this way is the outward manifestation of what we're feeling, the frustration on the inside. If you like football, NFL or college, okay, it's like football players in a in a big important game like the SEC championship or the national championship or the the Super Bowl. 
they get in a big game that's important, an important game, and they're losing. And they're not making plays like they want to, and they're having turnovers. Okay, they're getting frustrated. And then because of that, they start getting in scuffles, and they start getting penalties. And so this, this, this is offense. This is the outward manifestation of the anger that your sinful soul feels and shows when the truth convicts you. And you're unwilling to deal with it. By the way, this is what Jesus was alluding to when he said in Matthew 7:18, he said, A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. So we would say that anger or frustration or offense is certainly not good fruit. Okay, so bad fruit comes from a bad tree. Okay, so when you're a bad tree and you feel guilty and you're convicted by someone else's lifestyle or the way they live righteously or the way God speaks through them or whatever, you get convicted. Now, if you're a good person, you're just going to feel the conviction that leads to godly sorrow and you're going to ask forgiveness and God will draw you to himself and he wants to forgive you. He wants to give you eternal life. But if you like your sin too much, like Jesus said, they run from the light. They, and so they, 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 they point at other people, they blame other people, they play the victim, they do anything except acknowledge their own guilt. But it convicts them, so they get offended. You know how young children just say things. They, they are plain and they're truthful. They just spit them out. They just put it out there. They don't think about how or when to say it or to keep it to themselves. The parents, they often cringe <laughs> or shrink back and apologize at times like these, especially when they're talking to strangers or somebody they just met, because they're thinking and they're even blaming it on a perceived lack of tactfulness. It was, okay, but when you examine what was said, most times, if not always, there was nothing wrong with it. It was just truth. It was just factual. It was just something they observed and spoke about. So really, it was a, just a neutral statement of fact. The fact is that we as parents and we as the hearers of truth are often uncomfortable with the truth, and so we get offended. In 1 Peter 2, chapter 8, it refers to Jesus as a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Don't know if you knew that. In John 14, 6, Jesus referred to himself as the way, the truth, the truth, and the life. So even in just these two verses alone, we see that truth and offense are inseparable to those unwilling to accept it. Christians proclaim the truth, as did our Lord, which is why the world is hostile to us, but only in as much as it is we who are the heralds or the messengers of the truth. Okay, Jesus, no, this, this, this is not a victim mentality. We are victors. We are not claiming to be victims. And the more vocal Christians become, because they stand for saying what's evil, we stand for saying is what's right, okay, the more often there's going to be tension between the two, and that tension rises to the surface, okay, and they, the clashes that ensue are meant to draw people 
to God because we're proclaiming the truth and they're responding to the truth. But if they just accept the truth and acknowledge it and accept responsibility for it and then realize they're wrong and then ask forgiveness openly for it because God already knows and they really do want to be forgiven, they will be forgiven. But the problem is that Jesus said in John chapter 3, around verses 18 and 19, he says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, but the world loves the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Their deeds were evil, and they're worried that they're going to be exposed. Okay, so when the guilt comes to the surface, if they want to deal with it, that's great. That's what the gospel is all about. But if you don't want to deal with it because you like your sin, you don't want anybody telling you it's sin. That makes you feel guilty, and you don't like that, and you're not ready to come to the truth, or you don't want to come to the truth at all, and you don't want to acknowledge it. So you're going to get offended. The clashes between those that proclaim the truth and the truth itself and those who are unwilling to accept it or deal with it or ask forgiveness for it, okay, they're going to they're gonna come to a head. And it's supposed to draw people to God, which leads to repentance and then salvation and then eternal life, not destruction. Though the offended will find it to be their end. Why? Because God says... Many are those who will go into the wide gate and enter destruction. Few are the ones that enter into the narrow gate and find eternal life. See, truth always does and should prevail because it's right. Remember and lay hold of and do not lose sight of what the Lord God is revealing to us here, that offense is the fruit of a heart that is unwilling to submit to and is in rebellion towards him. Just like Democrats and Republicans refuse to listen to each other nowadays, they're diametrically opposed, even if one or the other has a good idea or wants to, to, to bring a, a, a good bill forward. That it's so bad that they, they, they don't even want to listen to each other because it got to the point where they don't think anybody else has anything good to say at all. They're so polarized and so opposite. And so it's the same way with those who are offended by and won't even consider words of truth. They just take offense at one another, and so do those who have set their hearts and minds against the truth. Like Republicans and Democrats just won't even consider each other's words, even if there's goodness in there, even if there's good laws, even if there's, you know, they, they just got to the point where they just won't listen anymore because they've got their own agenda and that's all they want to do. Well, the world is the same way. It likes what it likes. It likes its sin. It doesn't want anybody to, to hold it account, to hold them accountable. It doesn't like anybody to tell them that they're wrong. Because even if they hear it, they're not about to change, so they've already set their hearts against that. And so whenever they hear the truth, they just get offended. Now, in an earlier episode, we looked at Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And they show how Jesus was teaching truth in the synagogue. In fact, the people were amazed to the point of commenting on his authority and the mighty works that he had done, if you remember that. Yet verse 3 ends by saying, they took offense at him. Verse 6 tells us the root of this attitude in their hearts 
They took a, a stance of unbelief, and so they took offense at Jesus, despite his words of truth, his, um, the mighty works that he was doing, and the miracles, all good, all done and spoken in love, perfect, but they took offense at it. Why? You heal people? You cure the sick? You raise people from the dead? You speak words of truth? How can you get offended at that? Unless you've already made up your minds in your heart that you don't, you like your sin and you don't want to change. And so whenever you see somebody that you know is a Christian and they're around, that arouses that offense. And you get angry, you get frustrated, and you lash out, at least in your spirit, in your words, in your soul. You do this. You don't like being around those people and you get an attitude. And What did I do? I didn't do anything. I just walked into the room. Well, the truth is your presence has convicted them and reminded them of their sin. And they like the sin and they don't want to be reminded of it because they don't want to turn from it, which would be a wonderful thing. So they take offense at you and your words and your truth and the Bible and anything you're associated with. Have you experienced that? And I'm not, I'm not claiming to be a victim. I'm just saying this is truth. In contrast, Matthew 11.6 says this, And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Jesus' words. Okay, to illustrate the response of people who are convicted by truth, but were not offended by it, the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, these guys, that would have been cause for offense, if anything would be. You're saying, I killed this Jesus guy? But instead of being offended and hard-hearted, the Bible says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They felt guilty. But instead of lashing out an offense, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? That's a correct response. And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. These are two very different responses to truth. One, hardness of heart, an attitude of rebellion and offense, as we talked about. Continuing down that path towards that gate that is wide, where many go through and leads to death and destruction. That's horrible. The other, an acknowledgement of, that, of their sin, the godly sorrow, the brokenness and the contrition of their hearts. The repentance, which means turning around in your mind and so leading to a turning around in your actions, walking down a new path and entering through a narrow gate where few go that leads to eternal life and salvation, not death. Jesus, of course, was right when he said, Blessed is the one who is not offended by me, by the truth, because he says, I am the truth, the way and the life. If you're offended by truth, you're offended by Jesus. And what did Jesus say? He said, no servant is greater than his master. If they hate you, they will hate me. If they persecute me, they're going to persecute you. Same thing. Now, as we said before, the Bible calls Jesus a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Romans 9.33 mentions this, and so does 1 Peter 2.8. 
but they're both referring back to Isaiah, verse 14, but through 16 also. If you're walking on a path, or a course, or a road, or a trail, and there's nothing in your way to impede you, you're going to continue on your way without thinking twice about it, because your mind is set on going somewhere and reaching that destination. However, if you run into an obstacle of some kind, it's going to make you stop and reconsider your way, whether to attempt to overcome it and continue or to change your path. Jesus Christ is that stumbling block. He is that rock of offense who is in your way to force you to reconsider the path that you're on. And remember, offense is the outward manifestation of the sin, the rebellion, the rejection of truth, the unwillingness to submit to Almighty God's authority and will for your life. Refusing to come to asking forgiveness for your sins and receiving salvation of your soul and receiving eternal life. Speaking of his creation's stubbornness, he asks, Turn away from your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Israel? In other words, he's saying, Look, guys, why you don't have to die. Why do you keep getting offended? Why do you keep going down that path? Why do you keep you know, kicking against the goes like he told Paul? He says, You have a chance to have your sins forgiven for free and I'm the one dying for it and paying for it and suffering for it why are you going to continue to go down that path why are you offended by the truth why not just accept it why push it out of the way or attempt to because it's not going anywhere try and dig under it try and hop over it try and go around it why does this offend you turn from your evil ways why will you die why do you have to die O house of Israel God was saying to Israel and to us, and is now saying to us, I am putting my son and his truth as a rock, an obstacle, in your way to force you to reconsider your path in life, the way you are headed. I want him and the truth that he proclaims to make you have to stop and decide to change your way of sin. Take the path of righteousness and be saved. If you do this, you'll live. But if you perceive him to be an offense, something that you reject and rebel against and choose to ignore passively or fight against actively, you'll die. He says it in a different way in Psalm 95, verses 7 and 8. He says, Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Indicating it's a hard, cold, unrepentant, rebellious, stubborn, and stiff-necked person's heart that takes no heed to the warning of a stone of truth put in his way to cause him to rethink and change his mind and change course. Now the word in the Bible for repentance in the Greek is metanoia. 
and it really means to change one's mind, okay? But the reason that repentance is used is because it means if you change your mind from thinking this way, and you're going to stop going that way. If you change your mind to thinking this way, you're going to go this way. So repentance is like saying you're going to change the path that you're on. You're going to turn from this way to that way. You're going to go from death to life. And it's used, like I said, to refer to a change in thinking leading to a change in action, a reconsideration of the path we're on, the way we're going, the way of death one day to the way of life the next. What are you going to do, or what have you done, when Jesus, the one you consider a rock of offense, confronts you on your trail? Are you going to stubbornly and willfully and intentionally ground him or attempt to move him or dig under him by the way this can't be done and die eternally or are you gonna repent confess your sin genuinely have your sins forgiven and walk a new path the path of life that's what he wants for you the Bible says what I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered from me, proclaim on the housetops. Matthew 11:6, Luke 7:23, and now me to you are doing just that. When we echo Jesus's words in his short, powerful, loving and truth-filled exclamation that we mentioned twice before. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now I'm going to leave this to the Holy Spirit to do his work in your heart and mind. Amen.